All right, good morning, Rabbi Sai. I am uh, Rabbi Kalman Akiva Kovacs, filling in for the Rav this week. It's a real pleasure, honor to be here and to, to learn the Dafyomi with you uh, in person and from a distance. And it's a bit of a bit icy, so uh, take, take your time getting here. And when you do get here, welcome, and hopefully we'll get a minion later. But uh, it's pretty empty right now. Today's Daf is 72, Ayn Base. And we actually finished through the bottom of 71. Hold on, pull up the sponsorships here. Uh, it is Monday, February 1st. Our Talmud Torah sponsorship is the Elbaum family for the recent yard site and memory of Gerald Elbaum, Yaakov Kafil ben Avraham Monach, Zol, uh, loving father of Avron, Shan, and Judah Elbaum, and loving husband of Shirley Elbaum. May his memory be a blessing and remain eternal in our hearts. And by Bracha Strimber in loving memory of Avi Strimber, that's Avraham ben Kalman Eliezer Halevizal, and his ninth yard site. Thank you for those sponsorships. The Week of Learning is sponsored by Gail and Doug Stenger in honor of their grandson, Etiel Mordechai Weinberg, who will become Bar Mitzvah, Mazel Tov, Parshas Yisro. He will also be called to Torah on Shvat 23, the morning minion. That'll be Thursday, mm-hmm. God willing. So that uh, in this unprecedented time, family members can share in the Simcha. That'll be great. And by Moshe and Devorah Werdesheim for Rafua Shlema for Yara Gittel Bas Shai Etel. And we also have a Daf Yomi sponsorship, Yagdil Tarav Yadir by Frank and Danielle Storch, Li'ilui Nishmas Moshe Aryeh Ben Avraham Shraga Faivish Zol. So thank you for all the sponsorships, a lot of sponsorships, Baruch Hashem. And now we're going to get started on Ayin Base Daf 72 in Psachim. And Baruch Hashem, we finished the Mishnah on 71. B, but we are going to be referring back to that Mishnah numerous times, so don't worry if you missed the Mishnah, you'll make it up later, but we are going to, dis- to discuss the first half of that Mishnah in some detail today, and recall that the, the main point of contention in the Mishnah yesterday was a concept the Rav introduced us to called Toa Bidvar Mitzvah, someone's making a mistake when they're trying to do a mitzvah. And, and in short, Bekitzer, Rabbi Eliezer had said that even if he's trying to do a mitzvah, Lamaisa, he's not doing a mitzvah, so he's chayev for breaking Shabbos. Whereas Rabbi Yeshua had said, it's Shabbos, and we're going to see he's trying to slaughter a carbon Pesach, which is allowed. He's trying to do a mitzvah, so we're going to let him off the hook on Shabbos. Even though he's not doing a mitzvah, Lamaisa, but he's trying to do a mitzvah, that's where his intention is, so he's not chayev on Shabbos. We're going to see other cases similar to that where he's toy with our mitzvah in today's learning. So that's going to be the main overarching theme today is toy with our mitzvah. When is somebody making a mistake trying to do a mitzvah going to be off the hook for other problems? So right at the top of Ayin Beis, Ahmed Aleph, B'mayos Kinan, what are we dealing with? What are we dealing with in the first line of the Mishnah? Which is, which we're going to go right back. A Pesach, Sheshach to Shalolishmo, this is in the mitzvah, Veshabbos, a Pesach that someone slaughtered not for the sake of the carbon Pesach. He said it would be the, for the sake of a chatas, for the sake of a toda, something else. Chayev alav chatas. He has to bring a carbon chatas for breaking Shabbos because he's doing an illegal slaughter on Shabbos. And slaughter, Shechita is one of the Lamites Malachis. He's doing one of the Lamites Malachas on Shabbos, and he's not doing it for an, an acceptable, approved use of bringing a carbon Pesach. If he was really bringing a carbon Pesach, we have a drasha before that that's allowed, and actually it's a mitzvah. You have to do that when the 14th of Nisan falls on Shabbos. You have to shecht your Pesach on that very day, on the 14th of Nisan, so that the Pesach itself is doche Shabbos. So, Mamayas Kinan, 
the Gemara says. What are we talking about in our Mishnah? What is this guy actually doing when he slaughters his Pesach for something else? Are we saying he's making a mistake? What's going on is he's not really aware that this animal's not a Pesach. He, he thinks it's a Pesach. He, 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 he thought it was a Pesach. Now he's thinking it's something else. So he's really making a mistake in his intention. He's to'e. To'e means he's making a mistake. Shamat We would learn from this. Akira bitaut that in a mistaken uprooting of the sanctity of the animal to something else, havia akira, that's a legal, valid uprooting of, of the sanctity. So that would mean that mistakenly changing the kedusha from a Pesach to something else would be effective legally that that's officially changed. Now that has ramifications here that he's chayev for breaking Shabbos, but it would have ramifications elsewhere where he could officially change the sanctity of a carbon even by mistake. And the first Tosfos on top, he points out, You would learn from here that a mistaken uprooting is a valid uprooting. Amari says, That in Menachos, we learned Menachos not so long ago, okay, a couple of years ago, but that's, that's a machlokis, because the svara over there is, if you purposefully, knowingly designated this animal as this carbon, you purposely made this lamb your Paschal lamb, your Pesach offering, and now you come along and by mistake are trying to change that, but only by mistake. How could a mistake come and uproot something you did on purpose? So over there, it's, it's, it's a machlokis, and it's not clear that, that we would paskin like that at all. So we say, Ella, back in our Gemara, second line, Ella be'okir, be'okir on purpose. He's purposefully redesignating his carbon Pesach as something else. Now you would understand that's better. In this case, it's worse for him, but it's better to say that uh, that purposefully uprooting your original Kedusha and assigning a new Kedusha might be effective rather than mistakenly trying to, re- mistakenly trying to reassign the Kedusha when you had a purposeful Kedusha to begin with. Ema Seifa. So we say that the beginning is, the first part of the Mishnah is an ochre. He's purposefully reassigning the Kedusha, and that's why his Pesach is no longer Lishma, and he's Chaya for breaking Shabbos because he didn't have permission to bring a Pesach Shlo Lishma because that's not a valid Pesach anymore. Ema Seifa. But what about the next part of the Mishnah? and the rest of the offerings, that means something that's not a Pesach, but he went ahead and slaughtered it for the sake of a Pesach. So now he's got something else. He's got a different animal. He's got his toda or his chatas or shlamim. He's got something else, and he's doing it l'shem Pesach. So what's he doing there? Is he doing it on purpose or by mistake? Let's find out. If these animals are not fitting to be a Pascal lamb, which recall, is from the tzone. That means a sheep or a goat, and it has to be a male, and it has to be in the first year. So if it's something else, if it's not one of those, chayiv, he's chayiv echatas for breaking Shabbos because he did not have permission to slaughter this animal for the sake of, of a Pesach on Shabbos. Imruyin hen, but if they're fitting, that means they are a male min uh, a sheep or a goat in the first year. Rabbi Eliezer Machayev Chatzos. Rabbi Eliezer says he's Chayev Chatzos. This is what the Mishnah said, rehashing the Mishnah here. Rabbi Shua Potter. Rabbi Shua says he's Potter. Remember, this is the concept Toeb B'Devar Mitzvah. This person slaughtering this animal, which is Raui, it could have been a Pesach. No, Lamaisa, it was something else. So he's not really bringing his carbon Pesach because this animal was previously assigned as a different carbon. But he's Toeb B'Devar Mitzvah. He's making a mistake trying to do a mitzvah, trying to do the mitzvah of Shechitah's carbon Pesach. So Rabbi Yeshua lets him off the hook. He's putter from breaking Shabbos. So if he's doing that on, on purpose, okay, remember Abosai, is he's purposefully changing the Kedusha from one thing to another. He's purposefully reassigning his Toda into a Pesach. 
Mali Ruyin, Mali Shainan Ruyin. It wouldn't matter whether the animal is fitting to become a Pesach or not. He's doing it on purpose. And that's a problem for Rabbi Yeshua, who says, Toa Bidavar Mitzvah, we're going to let you off the hook because it's a mistake. But Oker Bemezid, that's Bemezid, that's on purpose, purposefully doing something wrong, then you're not doing a mitzvah by mistake anymore. There's no toe, there's no mistake anymore. So Yeshua would say he's chayev instead of putter. El rather it's, it's obvious here, betoe, that in the second part of the Mishnah, he must be mistaken, and that's why Rabbi Yeshua applies the doctrine of toe betavar mitzvah is potter, that making a mistake, trying to accomplish a mitzvah, even if he didn't accomplish the mitzvah, lemaisa, since his mind is on the mitzvah, he's trying to do the mitzvah, the animal could have been the mitzvah, we're going to let him off the hook for Shabbos. He's trying to do something that he had a heter to do, even though he was mistaken. So the Gemara says, Reisha Be'oker. Are you going to tell me the Reisha is where he's purposefully changing the designation from a Pesach to something else, and that's why he's Chayev. But remember, the Reisha, both Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua agree that he's Chayev. The Seifa, you're going to tell me that's on purpose, but Seifa Betoa and the Seifa, the next part of the Mishnah, where if the animal's rawi, Rabbi Yeshua lets him off the hook, that's a toa, that's a mistake, and now he's toa the bar mitzvah. Rabbi Avin, in, Rabbi Avin says, yes, that's right. The reisha is ba'oker on purpose. He's purposely changing the designation, and that's why they agree, Rabbi Eliezer and Yeshua, that he's chayev for breaking Shabbos. The seifa toa, and the second part of the Mishnah is he's toa, he's making a mistake. So Rabbi Yeshua applies the famous doctrine, it's famous now, of toa bedavar mitzvah. He's making a mistake trying to accomplish a mitzvah. So he's putter from breaking Shabbos. Beautiful. Ashkache Rav Yitzhak Bar Yosef. Rav Yitzhak Bar Yosef found Rabbi Abahu Davakayb Echlusa Deinshi. He was standing in a big crowd of people. So Rabbi Abahu is surrounded by a bunch of people. Sounds like he's not in the base measure. He's out in the street. There's a lot of people around, a big crowd. Amrali says, Rabbi, Masnisi in Mai. The Mishnah is what? What's the Mishnah? Amrlei, ah, the Mishnah, great, I know this one. Reisha Be'oker, in the beginning, the first part, he is purposefully redesignating the Kedusha of the carbon, and that's why it works, and his Pesach is no longer the Shema, and they, all the rabbis agree that he's Chayev for breaking Shabbos. Seifa Betoa, and the second part, he's Toa, he's making a mistake, and that's why Rabbi Yeshua says he's Toa Betoar Mitzvah, and he's Pater. It's beautiful, he has an answer to the Mishnah, like we just said the answer. Tadimine Arbayin Zimnin, so he learned it from Rabbi Abahu 40 times, and it appeared to him, and it, it seemed like he had it in his pocket. He's got, it's, it, it's back pocket Torah. He can whip it out of his back pocket whenever he needs it. So why did he do this? It's a very strange thing. So he's, he's a crowd of people, and he's learning it 40 times. It's a little odd. So I, I, I saw one of the Mepharshim says that what's going on? He's not in the base medrash. Rabbi Abahu is just in the crowd, and they don't realize it's Rabbi Abahu. They don't realize the godless of this man who's with, there with them. So he says, so... To, to show the godless of Rabbi Abahu, he says, Rabbi, what about the Mishnah? Could it be? How do you touch the Reisha and the Seifa? He says, oh yeah, the Mishnah. I know the Mishnah. We were having a problem with the base Medrash. It was the, the Reisha was Oker and the Seifa was Toa. Oh, beautiful. You touched the Mishnah. So now everyone turns and looks at Rabbi Abahu. Wow, you, you, knew the, you understood the Mishnah? We didn't understand the Mishnah. It's, it's difficult to understand. We need a third of the, a fourth of the daf today to understand the Mishnah already. So he learned it from him 40 times. Could have just done Hazara 40 times. Wouldn't have that, that would also be good. But he learned it from the Rebbe 40 times to show you that learning it from the mouth of the Rebbe has, has a hashivas, has an adifas, and everyone's watching. Everyone's watching Rebbe Abahu answer and explain this Mishnah in public, and it, it brings Yagdil Travi Adir. It brings godless to the Torah, greatness to the Torah. 
So beautiful. That's a little. It's a little musser. Uh, good. Good. It's good. It's good. Even. It's also good. You can say, don't be embarrassed to go ask questions. Even if someone's in a crowd and they're just schmoozing and Shabbos kiddush, whatever it is, they're schmoozing. Don't be afraid to go ask a Torah question, even in public. Even if you're in the shuk. Even if you're anywhere in the supermarket. Don't be afraid to go and ask your Rebbe a Torah question, because they, they, it'll be good. You get a good answer. It's not. So the Mishnah says. Our Mishnah says, "Amar Rebbe Eliezer, Ma Ma Im Pesach Shemuter Lishmo." This is quoting from the Mishnah again. What about the Pesach, where it's mutter on Shabbos to do it l'shem Pesach, but kashashina es shmo, when you change the designation, chayiv, he's chayiv for breaking Shabbos, when you change his Pesach to something else, because now it's illegal to shecht it on Shabbos. Zvachim, other karbanos, non-Pesach offerings, shenasurin l'shman, you can't bring them on Shabbos. Shabbos is nidche only for the Pesach, not for other, other offerings. Kashashina es shman, when you change their designation, you're trying to change them now to become a Pesach, and Udinshi Chayev, certainly you should be Chayev. So this is quoting Rabbi Eliezer from the Mishnah. And then the Gemara says, Im Isa, if our answer is true, that the Reisha is an ochre on purpose and the Seifa is a Toa, then it doesn't really fit with Rabbi Eliezer's Kalvachomer, Rabbi Eliezer's answer here to Rabbi Yeshua, it doesn't really fit that. Halodome de Reisha be ochre ve Seifa betoa. So this logic doesn't really fit if you say the Reisha is ochre and the Seifa is Toa, the Seifa is making a mistake. Because you can say, listen, Rabbi Eliezer, he's making a mistake. So rather, the Gemara answers, Rabbi Eliezer lo shanele. Rabbi Eliezer doesn't make a distinction between ochre and toa. Because Rabbi Eliezer, we see, doesn't hold by the concept that Rabbi Yeshua does of toa devar mitzvah potter. Rabbi Eliezer says he's always chayev. He's not dulamaisa. He changed the kedusha of the carbon. It doesn't matter whether it's toa or ochre, whether it's accidental or, or on purpose. He's not doing the mitzvah lemaisa. Rabbi Eliezer says he's chayev. It's only Rabbi Yeshua who cares if it's toy or not, because toy b'devar mitzvah, Yeshua is poter him from, from breaking Shabbos. So Rabbi Yeshua, the Shani Rabbi Yeshua, does make a distinction, like I just spoke out, between toa and oker. The Shani lehachi, we take out a hachi, says the Gersa, hachi kamarle. This is what he's saying. This is what Rabbi Yeshua is going to answer Rabbi Eliezer's logic. Lidi di, for me, lo dame, reisha b'oker v'seifa b'toa. It fits, it's good, that the Reisha is Oker on purpose. He's purposely redesignating the carbon Pesach to something else, and that's why they agree is Chayev. But the Seifa is Toa, in a mistake. So I say, Rabbi Yeshua says, I say he's Potter. Ledidach, for you, for you, Rabbi Yezer, who don't make a distinction, Loim Amrat Pesach. it's not like they say by a Pesach, Shashina es Shmol Davar Aser. Uh, if you change the Pesach to a different carbon, which you do not have permission to bring in Shabbos, so now changing your Pesach to something you don't have permission, he's chayiv to breaking Shabbos when he slaughters that offering. Tomar bezvachim, can you tell me the same logic applies by something else, another animal, another offering, Shashina es Shaman, and now he's changing it into a Pesach, or he's trying to change it into Pesach, the Devar Mutter, which is acceptable to slaughter your Pesach on Shabbos. And actually, it's the mitzvah, it's the requirement to slaughter your Pesach on Shabbos when Shabbos falls on the 14th. So he's saying, you're telling me you have a problem with, he takes his Pesach and changes it to something else, so now he's chayav on Shabbos. I'm saying, because you're not allowed to slaughter something else on Shabbos, I'm saying you took something else and you're changing it into a Pesach where you do have a permission slip to slaughter this on Shabbos, so that should be potter, according to Toi B'Devar Mitzvah. Amar Lei, Rabbi Eliezer. So Eliezer says back the logic, and this is paraphrasing the Mishnah, those that are said about the public prove otherwise. Usually, emori refers to emorim, which means the limbs, the pieces that would be burned on the fire 
the night after bringing the carbon. But here, emori is lashon amar. Those are said about the tzibur. That's what Rashi points out. So the things that are said about the tzibur is the requirements of Shabbos, which is the two daily tzmidim and also the two masafim of Shabbos. So there's four karbanos that are said that the tzibur has to carry them out on Shabbos. Obviously, if the Torah tells us to bring these on Shabbos, we have a permission slip to slaughter them on Shabbos. Shehed mutarin lishman. These are mutar when they are done lishman, when they're done for the sake of the Talmud, for the sake of the Musaf. But ve'ashochet lishman chayiv. If he shekts something else for the sake of the Talmud, he brings another shepsala into the base of Mikdash and he slaughters it. Oh, lishem Talmud. Well, he already did the Talmud. He's chayiv. He's chayiv. He's not doing a mitzvah anymore. Amar lo Rabbi Yeshua. Lo im amrat The same logic doesn't apply for memory tzibur. You can't learn out from that to Pesachim in general, that you're, they're slaughtering something else, the Shem of Pesach, Sheken Yesh Lahen Kitzvah. They have, they have a, a limit. They have a number. Uh, because there's only two Tamidim and two Masafim. There's only four of those. So if somebody's trying to bring in more animals and slaughter it, Lashem HaTamid, Lashem HaMusaf, we're not going to let them get away with that. Tomar Pesach, you can't say the same logic by a Pesach, She'ein La Kitzvah. There could be hundreds, there could be thousands, there could be tens of thousands of carbon Pesach brought in one day. Remember, we learned just last week they were coming in three shifts, three different shifts of at least 10, but could be thousands of Jews in there slaughtering their, their Paschal lamb, their Pesach offerings. Could be thousands of these animals. So if somebody comes and brings a different animal and he's thinking about Pesach, he's thinking about doing the mitzvah of Shritas carbon Pesach, so there, there's no limit to those. So he could bring another animal and his mind is on the Pesach and he's making a mistake. He's toy bit of our mitzvah and Yeshua says he's putter. So it's not like if somebody shechted something for a tamid. Or for a, or, or for the Musaf of Shabbos. So this lashon ein lo kitzvah. It reminds us straight out of the Haggadah, and it's coming up. Rabbi, we're almost to Purim, which means we're also almost to Pesach. Remember, it, we say in the Pesach that there's there's no kates the sipur yitzis There's no there's no limit to talking over the miracles of Exodus. We say kol mishubach. Whoever adds more and more, it's praiseworthy to add more and more to to leil seder to to give praises to Hashem. There's an interesting diak you can make, and this is an, it's an amazing story. When they made a, they made a seder in Bnei Brak, and we read this in the Haggadah, the Gedolei Ador, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua and, and Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Akiva, they all went. They they made they made a Pesach in Bnei Brak with Rabbi Akiva, and it says they were up all night talking about Yitzias Mitzrayim until the break of dawn, and then the Talmidim came in and said, Rabbi Seinu, it's it's time. It's time. It's time to daven. So it's, they were up all night, ain't lo kitzvah, right, like right here, ain't lo kitzvah. There's no end to the Pesach offerings. There's no end to Sipur Yitzvah But here's the diak, Rabbi Asai. The Talmidim had left and gone to sleep. The, the Gedolei Ador stayed up. They kept going. But the Talmidim, they let them go to sleep. They say, well, whoever needs to go to sleep, just go to sleep. So you see from here, they had finished their Seder. They'd already eaten their Afikomen. They weren't schlepping out the Afikomen until daybreak, they had already done the Seder. They were done with the Seder, but they were still learning and talking and learning and talking in the miracles and the, and the praises to Hashem Yisbarach, but they let the people who need to sleep go to sleep. So you see from here, it's, it's a musr for some people, but it's, it's an inspiration that you, you shouldn't hold people hostage to the Afikomen. Mm-hmm. And it's dead. Because there's a sheet that you're supposed to eat the Afikomen before midnight. So maybe they held like that, probably they held by that, but they let the Talmidim who needed to sleep go to sleep. They let the children, they let the women and children go to sleep. You know, Tsar Chaim is also their raisa. So Sipur Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim is deraisa, but Sarbal Echayim also deraisa. So we see here, in lo kitzvah, but there's a diuk. You need to be sensitive to, to everyone's needs also. Good. So lememra, are we saying in Rebbe Yeshua, to kol hecha, the isle kitzvah, whenever there's a limit to doing a mitzvah, 
Mechayev Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua no longer applied the concept of toy b'tevar mitzvah. So he says, he said here, if you're bringing an animal into the base of Mikdash and you're shechting it, l'shem atami, l'shem musaf, and it's not a tami musaf, so you should be chayev, because it's not like the Pesach where there's ein la kitzvah, where there's no limit to Pesach. So we say that whenever there's a limit, whenever there's a kates, that Rabbi Yeshua does not apply toy b'tevar mitzvah, and he's chayev, haritinokos, what about the kids? What about the babies? This is talking about babies that need a bris mila. The yesh lahen kitzvah, there's a limited number of babies. It's none, and the Mishnah says, is Mishnah and Shabbos. Rabbi, so we just had this about six, seven months ago, so it's a good review. It hasn't been that long that we were Osik and Shabbos. Okay, we're Osik and Shabbos every week. But you understand, Osik in the, in the Dafyomi of Shabbos was not that long ago. It's none, so this is a good review. Misha hayelo shnei tinokos. There's two babies here. Echad l'molo achar Shabbos, one of them was born on Sunday, he needs to get a bris on Sunday. Echad l'molo b'Shabbos. And one of them was born on Shabbos, he needs a bris on Shabbos itself. Now it could be, could be they were born in the same house, it could be we're both say they were twins. Because there could be a case of twins who get a bris on two different days. What happens is one was born late in the afternoon on Saturday, on Shabbos, and then 10, 15 minutes later, it's already after Shkia. It's already in Bein Shmashos, it's a suffolk. It's no longer really clearly Shabbos. So in that case, when it's a Suffolk, you're not Doche Shabbos for the bris of the second twin. He has to wait until Sunday because he wasn't Mamish born on Shabbos. There's a Suffolk. Or, of course, if it was an hour later, it's definitely after Shabbos. Who had in the same case. So what happens? One baby needs a bris on Saturday. One baby needs a bris on Sunday. V'shochoch. They forgot. They made a mistake. Umol es shalachar Shabbos v'shabbos. And the baby who minadini needed a bris on Sunday, he got his bris a day early on Shabbos. Chayiv. They're chayiv for breaking Shabbos we're doing a malacha of mila. Now mila is a tolda of shechita. It's a chavala, it's wounding, it's a tolda of shechita. But you can also say that mila is also a makeh b'patish. Makeh b'patish is the finishing blow that finishes a kli and makes it sholem. Because we understand that Hashem made man in his image. You know, we know Hashem is no body, in a spiritual image, in a dugma. But that man has the obligation to fix ourselves and to be mitakin ourselves. And part of that is the bris mila. Part of that is we finish, we do the finishing touch, we do a makivipatish, as it were, which is also malacha deraisa, we do a finishing touch on the, on the child to enter him in, into the covenant with Hashem. So it's a finishing touch, but it's really, we, we classify it as a, as a chavola, as a told of shechita. So he's chayev for breaking Shabbos, because he gave a bris one day early, this baby was not yet ready for a bris. What about the case of echad l'molo of Shabbos, a Friday baby, echad l'molo b'Shabbos, and a Saturday baby. And for some reason, the bris on Friday was delayed, didn't happen. And now they've got two babies sitting here. One of them should have had a bris yesterday, and one should have a bris today on Shabbos. And they accidentally do mila on the Friday baby today on Shabbos. Rabbi Eliezer Mechayev, Rabbi Ezer, just like in our Mishnah, you're making a mistake while doing a mitzvah, you're still chayev, chatas. Rabbi Yeshua Potter, Rabbi Yeshua says he's Potter. He's again, toe b'tevar mitzvah. He's trying to do a mitzvah. He's thinking about that baby that needs a bris today on Shabbos, and he accidentally got the baby that should have, Minadin had the mila yesterday. So Rabbi Yeshua says, Potter, he's trying to do a mitzvah. I'm Rabbi Ami, what are we dealing with here? Where he went ahead, and he, the first baby they did mila on was the Erev Shabbos baby, the baby that should have been on Friday, but that bris on Friday got delayed. So now there's two babies sitting here in front of us, mazel tov, mazel tov, but one needs, a, one needs a bris today, and we can be doche Shabbos. We can do the bris on Shabbos because he was born on Shabbos. The other one, 
He needs a bris, lamaisa, but we can't do the bris on Shabbos because he was born on Friday. And what did the male do? He went ahead and he did the Friday baby first. So we still had that Saturday baby. The Gemara says, De'ika hach de Shabbos. There was this Saturday baby, the Tarid baby. He's thinking about that. He's He's also, it's hard to translate tarried. He's, he's like involved in that. His mind is on the baby that needs a bris on Saturday. So he goes in and does a bris by mistake, thinking that this is the baby that should have got a bris on Saturday. But Lamaisa, it was the baby that needed the bris on Friday, so should not have had the bris on Saturday. So that's why Rabbi, Rabbi Yehoshua says he's potter. He's toeb at devar mitzvah. He's making a mistake while doing the mitzvah. Haha, but here, by the case of the animal, someone brings in another animal and slaughters it, for the sake of a Tamid, for the sake of a Musaf of Shabbos, this could be a case where they already got up and slaughtered the public animals. They already slaughtered the Tamid, they already slaughtered the Musaf, and this guy's bringing in another animal from outside and slaughtering it. That, we can't say he's toy bit of our mitzvah, they've already done the mitzvah. That would be akin to the case of if they had the two babies there, and they did the Mila on the Shabbos baby first, and now only the Friday baby's left. So you already know, this is, we already did the Shabbos baby. The Friday baby shouldn't get a Mila today. And then they went ahead and they did it. He wasn't really thinking, but they had already done the mitzvah that needed to be done on Shabbos. There wasn't any more Mila to be done today. So Beresha, sorry. They'd already done the, the Karbanas Tzibur, the Tamid and the Musaf already. So if he brings in another animal and checks it, there's no way we can say he's Potter. If so, Rabbi Meir Omer, So Rabbi Meir, remember in our Mishnah, was the very Mako case. He was even more Mako than Yeshua in applying the concept of Toe Bedevar Mitzvah. He says, even someone shechting an animal for the sake of a Tamid or a Musaf on Shabbos is still Pater. Even though, they had already previously slaughtered the communal offerings that are required that day. So they'd already done the Tommy, they'd already done the Musaf, and here comes Ploni Almoni with his, with his sheep, and it says, L'shem Tamid. So Rabbi Meir says, he's still potter. Rabbi Shu would say he's chayev, because there's kitzvah. Remember, there's a kates, there's a limit to the Kabbalah Sibur. Rabbi Meir's even more mekel. He says he's potter because he's thinking about a mitzvah. He's trying to do the mitzvah of carbon tummy. That's what he's trying to do, and that's allowed on Shabbos. Rabbi Meir, we see, is even more mekel in his application of the doctrine of Toeb of our mitzvah than Rabbi Yeshua. Uh, like the Bryce says, this is apparently a place, Evil Arev is a strange name, it's an interesting name, it means the, the Avelis of the Arabs, I'm not sure. Uh, but he says, I'm Rabbi Meir, he says that Rabbi Meir told us, he says, he's going, he goes back and re-explains the Machlokis about the children, the, the Tinokos, the babies that need a bris milah. So he says that Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Chia says, Rabbi Meir told him that this was the real Machlokis, Rabbi Leazar, Rabbi Shua, about the babies. So he's switching it up now. You're going to see this is quite different than the first version. He says, Echad Lomul Erev Shabbos. If one of them needed a Mila Erev Shabbos on Friday, Echad Lomul B'Shabbos, and the next one on Saturday, Shachach, and they forgot. Umal Es Shal Erev Shabbos B'Shabbos. And again, the Friday baby got delayed. They didn't do a bris on Friday. So now they're doing a bris on Saturday, but they accidentally do Mila on the Friday baby that should not have gotten a bris today. So Dechayev, um, they agree there that both Rabbi Yehazim and Rabbi Shua, that he's Chayev on this. Where do they disagree? Where does Rabbi Shua say Potter? When they had two babies, one was a Sunday baby, and one was a Saturday baby. And they made a mistake. And they got the Sunday baby on Shabbos. 
Rabbi Eliezer Mechaev. Rabbi Eliezer is Mechaev Chatos, because Lemaisa, the Mohel, has violated Shabbos by doing the Shechita, the Chavala, on Shabbos that was not appropriate. This baby should have waited until the next day. Rabbi Yeshua Potter, Rabbi Yeshua says he's Potter, he's trying to do a mitzvah. The Tisbro, the Gemara says, is, does that make sense? Is this clear to you? What's going on is they're, they're doing a Mila on a Sunday baby on a Saturday. That's too early, Rabbi That's day seven instead of day eight. The Pasuk says day eight. So now they're not even doing a mitzvah because they're too early. Remember, in the previous case, they were doing a Friday baby on Saturday. That's day nine. But he's chayiv to do the mitzvah of Mila. He shouldn't get it on Saturday. He shouldn't get it on Shabbos. Does not doche Shabbos. But Lamaisi needs a Mila. This is a seven-day baby. And Rabbi Shu is telling you, Potter, it's very strange. So they explain, ma chasam delo avid mitzvah, potzer. So here, in, in this case, according to Rabbi Meir's version, Rabbi Chia's version from Rabbi Meir, explaining the machlokis, he's not even doing a mitzvah yet because he's giving mila to a seven-day-old baby. Potzer Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua says he's potzer. Hecha deka avid mitzvah. So you can say where he's actually doing a mitzvah, where he had a, a baby that needed mila on Friday, and now he's doing the mila on Saturday. He's definitely doing a mitzvah because this baby is already on day nine. He needs a mila. Mechayev. How could he say Mechayev? How could Rabbi Shua say he's Chayev? It, it seems contradictory to our first understanding of how these t- the case of Tinegas works. Amid Ve'eriyanai, so in the, in the Academy of Rabbiyanai, they said, Reisha, Kigon Shekadim Amal Shel Shabbos Be'erev Shabbos. So the Reisha, the first case over here, is when they went ahead and did the Mila on the Erev Shabbos baby, uh, Shel Shabbos Be'erev Shabbos. They, sorry, they, they switched them entirely. The Friday and the Saturday babies got switched. So they did the Mila already on the Shabbos baby too early. They did the, they did the Shabbos baby on Friday, and now the Friday baby they did on Saturday. So they've done a mistake already, and the, there is no Shabbos baby. Turning over to Ahmed Beis, Shalom Nitna Shabbos Ladachos. So now there's no reason to doche Shabbos, because they've already done a Mila too early on the Shabbos baby. So now what's sitting in front of us right now is the Friday baby. And the Friday baby, he needs a meal, Lemaisa, but he shouldn't get a meal on Shabbos. You've got to wait till Sunday. Because he wasn't born on Shabbos, it's not Doche Shabbos to do his meal then. Shalom Nitna Shabbos Ladachos. The Seifa and the other version, Nitna Shabbos Ladachos Etzloi. There is a reason to Doche Shabbos because you've got a Sunday baby and the Sunday baby, you have a Sunday baby and a Saturday baby. No one's had a Mila yet, and here it is on Shabbos, and they accidentally switch them and do a Mila on the Sunday baby. But there was the Saturday baby, was right there in front of them, so there was a reason to Doche Shabbos for the Saturday baby. They just made a mistake and did Mila on the Sunday baby, so even though it was day seven, not day eight, yet Rabbi Yeshua says Potter, because he applies the doctrine again, Toe B'Devar Mitzvah is Potter from breaking Shabbos. Ha'cha, but here, in, in this case, where he's already done the Mila, uh, where he hasn't done the Mila, where he has the Shabbos baby and the Sunday baby. Hare nitna Shabbos ledachos. Sorry, hacha, here going back to Karbanos. So that's the case by the babies. If you have the Saturday baby and the Sunday baby in front of you, Shabbos is, is able to be nitche for the Shabbos baby. So if he did the Mila on the, on the Sunday baby, Rabbi Yeshua says pater. So but here, hacha, going back to the Karbanos, because someone brings in another animal and says Lashem Tamid and shechts it, there is a reason to doche Shabbos, to push aside the restrictions of Shabbat, because you have to bring the karbanos, the Jews meeting to Mesafim, that's required. So you could say, well, even if he didn't have a baby in front of him, because they'd already done a Mila on the Shabbos baby, he didn't have an, another baby in front of him, but Shabbos is Nidche for Tinokas Alma. There's somewhere in the world... 
uh, Eliyahu's visiting a baby right now on Shabbos, this is assuming it's on Shabbos, to, to do the bris milah. So there's bris milah going on every single Shabbos in, in Kuala Israel. Now, God willing, every Shabbos there's a, there's a bris. So because Shabbos is nidche ba'alma, in general, it should be nidche. We could say that this Moel, who's giving a bris to the Friday baby, even though he's already done the Saturday baby early, we could say he's he's osik b'mitzvah, he's toyiz toyah b'tavar mitzvah. Sorry. This mohel giving this bris to the Friday baby on Saturday, since the Saturday baby already got the mila early, he did not have permission to doche Shabbos. So even though Be'alma, there's a reason to doche Shabbos for carbonus Sibur or for babies, generally speaking, there are babies who need a bris on Shabbos. Beautiful. But that doesn't mean this specific mohel in this specific city, this specific house, has permission to be doche Shabbos. He, you can't say his mind is on pushing aside Shabbos to do a mila because the baby who needed a mila on Shabbos already got the mila. Beautiful. Two dots. Sharko zvachim shishachton l'shim Pesach. Going back to our Mishnah. Other karbanos that you slaughtered for the sake of a Pesach, im einon re'uyin, if they're not worthy to be a Pesach, they're not a male sheep or goat in the first year, chayev. Again, mitzvah Who is the Tana who holds we make a distinction between an animal that would be fitting, Ra'ui, to become a Pesach or not? That's Rabbi Shimon. He, the Tanya, there's a Bryce that explains she does Rabbi Shimon. It could be that whether or not these, these animals, these offerings are fitting, or whether they or or they're not fitting, the kenneshochet l'shem emoyed sibor, or someone who's slaughtering for a tamid or musa for the requirements of the communal obligations, potter, div Rebbe Meir. That's what Rebbe Meir says. Remember, remember that Rebbe Meir is very makel in this doctrine of toibet of our mitzvah that even if he's really making a big mistake, Rebbe Meir still says he's potter. I'm Rebbe Shimon. Rebbe Shimon, he has a, um, a, a limitation on this. He says, Rabbi Eliezer and Yeshua, they don't distinguish an animal that could not be fit for a carbon Pesach. That's going to be Chayef. On animals that are fitting. Rabbi Eliezer does not apply to a with our Mishnah, so he's Chayef Achatos. Rabbi Yeshua, Poter. Rabbi Yeshua says, if the animal was Ra'ui, remember the second case of the Mishnah, if the animal is Ra'ui and he switched the Kedusha into a carbon Pesach, so he shouldn't have done that. It doesn't work as a Pesach because it wasn't a Pesach to begin with. Rabbi Yeshua says he's toy with the mitzvah and he's potter. It's interesting here that this is, is Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Meir arguing in their grand Rabbi. We all have grandparents. This is their grand Rabbi. How do we know? Because Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua taught Rabbi Akiva. Then when Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim passed away, he went and started over with a Chochmei de Rome with a limited number of Talmidim, and that included Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Meir. So they're touching up, they're explaining the machlokis of their grand Rebbe. So it must have been they heard this through Rebbe Akiva. So it's interesting he's not mentioned, but they're, they're still trying to figure out. So it's, it's, it's a muster to us. We should still try to figure out what our parents, our grandparents meant when they were teaching us Torah. We should still be thinking about that. So we know from Moshe Rabbeinu, we don't really understand until 40 years later. Sometimes we need to grow up a little bit to understand our parents and our grandparents and our Rebbeim. So it's a, it's a muster here that they're try, still trying to figure out what, our, what their grand Rebbe meant. So they say, so, so Rabbi Shimon says, when the animal was not roi, they agree that he's chayev. We can't say toi of our mitzvah. They, it's only when the animal is roi, this is a, a one-year-old male goat or sheep, you could change it to a Pesach. That's when Rabbi Yeshua says potter. 
Amar of Bibi, Amar Rebbe Elazar, Poter Hayah Rebbe Meir, Afilu Egel Shoziv Cheshlamim. He says, even the holy cow, even a cow, which is going to be your Shlamim, and he slaughtered it for a Pesach, Sheshachtu Lishim Pesach, even Rebbe Meir would say, that's Toy Bedevar Mitzvah, and he's Poter. So that's a cow, Rebosai. It's not a sheep or a goat. That's a big difference. So we see Rebbe Meir is very makel. Amrli Rabbi Zeiro, the Rav Bibi, Vahamar Rabbi Yochanan, Motehai Rabbi Meir, Babali Mumin. He says, What about a bal mum? What if it was a sheep or a goat, but it had a mum on it? Amrli Babali Mumin, Lo Tarid Bahu. He says, A bal mum is not something you're involved with. On the 14th of Nisan, you might be involved with a cow. You're definitely involved with a sheep or a goat for your carbon pesach. You might be involved with a cow for your shlomim, but you're not involved with a bal mum. You wouldn't bring a bal mum anywhere near the temple on the 14th of Nisan. The high Tarid Bay. And this, a cow, a shlomim, you might be involved with it. So we can say that if he shucks his cow for the sake of a Pesach, that Rabbi Meir can say he's potter. Now, obviously, Rabbi Shun and Rabbi Lazar would say he's chayev. Rabbi Meir would say potter. He's very liberal with his toy bedavar mitzvah doctrine. Baimenei, Rava, mi Rav Nachman, chulin the shim Pesach mai. What about, what would Rabbi Meir say about bringing chulin, an unconsecrated animal, for the sake of a Pesach? Mai uh, li, what would he tell me? Amr Rabbi Meir, Amr Lei, Poter Haya Rabbi Meir, Afilu Chulin Lishum Pesach. Even if he brought an unconsecrated animal, it was never a carbon before, and he brought it into the temple, and he shechted it on Shabbos, 14th of Nisan, for the sake of his Pesach, Rabbi Meir say Poter. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan tells us something which implies otherwise. Moda Haya Rabbi Meir, Babali Mumin. He would be agree that a Bal Mum would be would not be a potter, he'd be chayev. If he slaughters a balmum for the sake of his Pesach on Shabbos, he's not potter, he's chayev achatas for breaking Shabbos. Balimum and lo michlefe. So we'd say, no, balimum, we don't confuse them with a with a tam animal, with an animal that is fit and perfect to be a carbon. Chani michlefe, but a cow, you might switch around with a goat or a sheep. Time with Rabbi Meir, Mishum Ichlufe, lo Ichlufe is is really the reasoning of Rabbi Meir that you're going to confuse this. The Slashon Ichlufe is Chiluf, is switching around. You're going to confuse it. Hamar of Bibi, Amar of Elazar, Poter Haibre Meir, Afilu Egil, Shalzir HaShlomim, the limud we had just before. So Rabbi Meir says he's Poter, uh, even a calf, which could be a Shlomim, Sheshach to the Shem Pesach, they slaughtered it for the sake of Pesach. Alma Taima to Rabbi Meir, Mishum de Tarid, because he's Tarid. Now Tarid means he's involved, his mind is on that. So if his mind is on the Pesach, his mind is on the Pesach, which should be a sheep or a goat, and he slaughtered his cow, which is he's saving other shlamim. We say he's tarid. His mind was involved in the Pesach. So he says, yes, the reasoning of Rameir is both things. It could be that he's tarid. His mind is on this carbon Pesach, even though um, you don't really confuse a cow with a goat or sheep that easily. Or Mecholof, it could be confused with it. You could switch it around, which would be the case of Hulin, a goat or sheep of Hulin, which is not designated as a Pesach, so it should not be brought as a Pesach, but he's, he's, uh, he, he switches it in his mind. He's machalaf in his mind. He's confused with it. Even though his mind is not on that animal. And this excludes only a balmum. They're never going to confuse a balmum with a regular tam. And his mind is not on a balmum to offer it. So we see that uh, a Balmum has no shaykhas to, to the 14th of Nisan. We didn't bring a Balmum anywhere near there. So we see they must have been very careful to keep their animals uh, checked and have no mum. Yati Rebbe Zera, Rebbe Shmuel, Bar Rebbe Yitzhak, Akilo, Rebbe Shmuel, Bar Yitzhak. So they're sitting on the front porch. So usually guys sitting on the front porch, they're talking about stuff. So these guys are talking about Torah. So you see, uh, sit on the porch and talk about Torah. V'yasve v'ka Amre, Amre Rebbe Shimon ben Lokish. And they brought a statement of Rebbe Shimon ben Lokish. Nischolof lo shfud shall no sar, shall sleep. 
What if they accidentally had a, a stick, like a spit, like a metal pole that you roast meat on, and one of the pole was nosar, it was leftover meat, it was beyond time, it was expired. It could have been from his Pesach, and it was the next day already, it's expired. And one was tzli, one was roasted meat of karbanus that he's supposed to eat, the achlu. And so then he ate it, he accidentally ate the nosar, which is a problem. Chayev, so he's chayev for eating nosar. So that, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, but Rabbi Yochanan says another case where he switched something around, and sometimes he's chayev, sometimes he's not. The case of Ishto Nidabol, uh, a man lived with his wife when she was a Nida, when she was uh, seeing, seeing blood before she w- went to the mikvah. He's chayev, he's chayev, he's got a problem, he, yeah, he can't do that. Yevimto, but what about his Yevama Nida, Bol, Potter? But he lives with his Yevama when she's a Nida, Potter. So we've got to explain the distinction here. A Yavama is not his wife yet. That's his sister-in-law. And he has a mitzvah in the Torah if, God forbid, someone's brother passes away without any offspring, then Yavama uh, Yavoalea. We have a mitzvah in the Torah that the, the surviving brother is supposed to marry the widow who has no children, and they're going to have children which will fill in, will fill the shoes in a way for the deceased brother. And um, this is actually why, back, back, in, back in Genesis, when Yehuda and Tamar got together, that was a case of Yibam. That was actually the first case of Yibam in the Torah. And that's why Tamar had twins. Because the twins were the spiritual tikkun, were the, the heirs, the spiritual heirs and the fix for both Er and Onan. So the, that, that's why Tamar had twins, because she needed to fill in for both brothers. It, Hashem made it work out that way. But the, the mitzvah from the Torah is Yivama Yivu'aleah, but if he doesn't want to, if they don't want to get married, there's a mitzvah of Chalitza, where they take off the sandal and they spit in front of the Bezdin, and they say, they make an announcement, this man doesn't want to build the house of his brother, and then the, the, the widow is free to marry anyone, well, anyone except the brother. So this is the only time the brother can marry the sister-in-law is in the case of Yibum. So nowadays, the, the minag, at least here, the minag is to do Chalitza. Now you should know that 50, 60 years ago in Eretz Yisrael, there was a controversy because the Dina de Mechusa, the chief rabbis in Eretz Israel, said, we're not going to do any Yibam. Only do Chalitza. Everyone does Chalitza, everyone does Chalitza. And then all these immigrants showed up from Yemen and Morocco, mostly the, the Yemenites. The men always do Yibam. They always did Yibam. Because the Gemara, when we get to Seder Nashim in the Dafyomi, we have a whole Gemara about Yibam. We have a whole Gemara Yivamos. We have a whole Gemara about it. And the Temanim, the Yemenites, they still did it. And there was a bit of a machlokis between the official... You understand Ashkenazi-dominated rabbinates and the Yemenites, and this is where Ravavadia Yosef Zatzal uh, made a name for himself, standing up for the Yemenites and saying they have their Mesorah, they have their tradition, they have their custom, they have the Shulchan Aruch, who says you can still do Yibam. So fine, your menagas do chalitza, do chalitza. Their menagas do Yibam, leave them alone, let them let them be free. You understand that Yachad uh, Shifti Yisrael, we're, we're all Am Yisrael, Kala Yisrael, but every Shevet or Bosai had their own flag, every Shevet had their own Nasi. So he was kind of standing up for sort of an individuality and local custom, the chashivas of, of your custom, min uh, in, in Klal Yisrael, to continue that. So we're going to have to figure out what's the difference between Ishto Nida is Chayev, that's an Avera, but Yevimto Nida is Potter. It's probably he shouldn't do that, he shouldn't do that, but he's Koneher, he's now doing a mitzvah of taking the Yavama as his wife. One of the ways we're going to see when we get to Yavamos and the Dafyami is they would, they would simply get together. And then Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov, they're married because they're sort of relying on the Kedushan of the first brother who passed away and then the second brother stepping into the shoes of the first brother. So they, they, they get together simply and now, now they're, they're uh, Mazel Tov, they're a couple. So you could say, 
that for sure by the meat to mechayev to lo asa mitzvah. There's no mitzvah at all. So by ishtonida, even ishtonida, we're going to see there's there's a we call a shtikel mitzvah. There's a little bit of a mitzvah. We're going to explain why. And by the Yavama, there's definitely a mitzvah to kone the Yavama, because the, the Torah says he has, to, he has to marry her. But by the meat, there's no mitzvah. There's no mitzvah to eat meat that might be nosar. Ista um, Amrei, or you can say the other way, Bahahi potter, by the meat, he should be potter. My taima, chasam hu, But by the women, he should be chayev in both cases, both by his wife, who's nida, or his Yavama, who's nida, because chavalei he's supposed to ask her. Before they um, get down to business, get down to the business of mitzvah, we're going to see they should actually check that there's no one involved is anida. Avohacha, but here by the meat, yeah, there's no one to ask. It's rabosa, it's a spit of meat. There's no one to ask if it's uh, nosar meat or, it, or it's uh, perfectly kosher meat. So he would be potter. Uh, lo, he would not be chayv at all. So we asked the, this question that we all had. Why by the Yavama he's potter? He's doing the mitzvah, bringing her in. Uh, but by his wife, he should also be potter. He's also doing a mitzvah. He has his mind on a mitzvah anyway. He's tarid bit of our mitzvah. Nami kavid mitzvah. She's already pregnant. As Rashi points out, what's the mitzvah we, we would have in mind? Priya rivia. Priya To have children. So the, his wife is already pregnant, and she saw she saw blood during her pregnancy. So she's pregnant, but she's also a nida. Ha'ikas simchas ona. But there's also a mitzvah to be sameach his wife from time to time. And remember, there's a famous uh, there's a famous mishnah about how often this obligation applies. And it depends if if the man's traveling out of town. Maybe it's once a week. If he's a camel driver, maybe it's once a month. But if he's in town, local, it's a, twice a week. If he's doing hard labor, if he's not doing hard labor, it'd be every day. And the Talmud Hacham, it says, Me'er of Shabbos, Me'er of Shabbos. Uh, but there's, there's a mitzvah of a certain time for a man to live with his wife. So that's Simcha's Ona. It's called a Simcha, but it's also a mitzvah. It's a requirement. We understand in the Ksuva, it writes, you're going to give your wife Sher Ksus for Ona. Sher Ksus is food, clothing. Ona is time. From time to time, there's a necessary level of marital intimacy, which is required in the Ksuva and required uh, in the Torah. So now it's not time. He's already fulfilled his minimal obligation, so it's not really time. Hamar Rava, but Rava says, um, So a person has to gladden his wife with the mitzvah of marital intimacy. And this is even when it's uh, even when it's not necessarily the time. Now the Rashi here is very important. We're kind of running out of time, but get into it tomorrow. Rashi says, he sees that his wife is interested, then it's a mitzvah from the Torah to be with his wife. So what's going on that it's not a mitzvah? Samach levesta. It's near the time of her period. It's near the time that she's expecting to see blood. So vesis, remember we learned about Taharis back in Nida, vesis kavua, vesis ena kavua, and she had to do a badika for handling Taharis to make sure she doesn't um, contaminate things that are, need to remain pure. So, but near the time of her vesis, there is a mitzvah, and, and Rashi brings down for based on psukim. He's hard to him. You have to be, you have to warn the Jews not to go near their wife at, at this time. So it's a deraisa samach levesta. Now the, the Rishonim disagree whether this is one ona. In this case, ona means a twelve-hour period. So Shulchan Aruch paskins one ona, and the Orzerua has a chumrah of two. So the, some people hold by the Orzerua. So it's really twenty-four hours before a woman expects to see her normal cycle of blood. They have to separate. That's the Chumrah of Orzerula. But the Shulchan Aruch says 12 hours is the Vesis. 
And um, you can actually get apps for this that track this, and you can turn on in the app. You can change the settings to Orzeru setting or Shulchan Aruch setting or whatever the minag is. So you see some people do follow that. But in Samach Levista, there's no mitzvah. There's no obligation. There's actually an obligation to refrain from cohabitation because she's about to experience a, a flow of blood and become a nami. If that's so, it should, the, it should be also by the Yavama, also by the widow of his brother. Also, he should be chayiv uh, if there's no mitzvah, it's samach avista. Yavimtu bozis The Yavimtu, she's not his wife yet. She's his, his, his deceased brother's wife. So she's more embarrassed in front of him. She's not going to tell him, you know, what's going on with her personal calendar. But his wife herself is not necessarily, she, she should tell him. She should be, they should have an open relationship, open communication to the point where she can tell him things that are potentially embarrassing because he needs to know when she's going to become a nida, when it's going to be her vesis. We're actually going to leave it here for now and we're going to bring, the, bring you the Shulchan Aruch tomorrow on this topic and we'll finish up. Tomorrow's a shorter daf, so we're going to get through all of this, these things tomorrow. Shkoyach Rabbeisai.